You're listening to the Hire Through Retire podcast with Boya leaders Bill Harmon and Heather Lavalley, tackling all things workplace from 401ks to HSAs and everything in between. We're talking to the best and brightest in the industry to bring you the latest in benefits, savings, and investment trends. Come along with us on our journey to help all Americans become well-planned, well-invested, and well-protected. Welcome back to Hire Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast. I'm here today again with my friend, colleague, and co-host, Heather Little Valley. Hey, Heather, here it is. We've got summer quickly coming, and I, I tell you, I can feel it in the air. You know, Bill, so can I, but I'm also super excited to be back with everyone today. You know, we've talked a lot here on Hire Through Retire about data, both from our very own in-house experts and some great expertise across our industry. We ourselves know the power of data and hope that bringing more of that intel and content to you is equally as helpful. So in that spirit today, we brought in someone who many of you know in the industry for his expertise and that in which he's brought to his firm. And that is none other than Matt Greenwald, founder and managing director of strategic initiatives at Greenwald Research. For those less familiar, Greenwald Research is a leading independent custom research firm and consulting partner to the health and wealth industries that applies creative and quantitative and qualitative methods to produce knowledge that helps companies stay competitive and navigate industry change. And there certainly is so much of that. Now, by leveraging deep subject matter expertise and a trusted consultative approach, Greenwald offers comprehensive services for weaving rich research stories that answer strategic business questions. And let me just add that it's an honor and really a privilege for us to have Matt here today. So without further ado, let me say welcome, Matt, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. And I'm delighted to be here. Look forward to our discussion. As do I, Matt. So I get to jump in with our first question. You know, as said, we've talked a lot about research on this podcast, but but let me set the stage a bit uh, up for our focus today. You know, we all know that the pandemic has had a major impact on our society but specifically on the workplace, which will likely continue to have an impact over the years ahead. And the demands on individuals and families today, financial and otherwise, are creating stress. And as a result, employees are looking to their employers for a high level of support. And one area where more support is sought is retirement plans. So here, employers want and should want their retirement plans to play a more effective role in attracting and retaining employees and reducing employee stress. And we're seeing that employees want more from their retirement plans and their employer than simply tax advantage access to a set of investment options. So with that start, let me ask, uh, begin by asking this. What are the new demands that the current environment is putting on retirement plans today? The need to attract and retain workers is unexpectedly high, higher than any time certainly in my career And I think it's all hands on deck for an organization to do what it can to attract and retain. And that includes the retirement plan. So I think there are a few things that a retirement plan can do to help and attract and retain. And one of them is to be part of a package that's attractive to new workers. And that I think includes, can include a match strategy. What is the match? How is it structured? Is it vested? Is there a cliff? Is it start immediately? As part of that also, I think it's important to have a total compensation statement that can be offered to people where there's a job offer 
that shows the value of the retirement plan as part of the package. In that way, hopefully, the retirement plan will help attract new workers. We also have to understand what workers want more than before, in some part because of the pandemic, and what the plan can do to help offer that. I'd like to offer three thoughts. First, workers, especially young workers, want things to be personalized to them. Not a mass communication, but a communication that takes into account who they are, that speaks directly to them. And so when there are communications about the plan, to the extent possible, it should be highly personalized. And with the data we have now, that is certainly doable. Secondly, workers want a holistic solution. They don't want just numbers. They don't want just dollars. They want to understand how the retirement plan in this particular case contributes to their life now, how it will contribute to their life going forward in terms of a retirement that they want that's not just a number at the end, but how the, the retirement plan could lead to a more satisfactory life in retirement. And also to understand the trade-offs for contributing to a plan in terms of all the stresses they are under, all of their needs in an inflationary period to put food on a table for younger people to save for a house, et cetera. So from a holistic point of view, information that will help them make the best decisions. And finally on this, we find a much more, especially with the newer workers that companies are trying to recruit, concern about the environment, concern about climate change, and offering ESG investments in the fund is something that should be strongly committed, something that meets the goals and needs and values of newer populations. So I think those are key things the retirement plan can contribute to a major challenge of employers getting workers and retaining. Boy, that is that's great information right there. And you think about you know this war for talent is real, and and we've talked about this in past pods. That there's, I love how you've talked about the personalization, the holistic thinking. Make it real. Make it about them because I think it's a lot of workers, particularly newly entering in the workforce, certainly can understand a salary figure. But then when it gets to everything else, it's really hard to kind of quantify, well, what does that mean to me? And, and they probably don't appreciate how much their employer is spending on benefits for them. They certainly understand the salary component, but those other components, even when you mentioned match, just to get a view of everything as, as a whole. So with that in mind, I guess, based on your research, what have you found are the major gaps in uh, workers planning for retirement? We've done a lot of research on this. And- Before getting directly to the gaps, let me say, it's not just that the workers are not doing some things in terms of playing for retirement. They don't know what to do. In some ways, it reminds me of Donald Rumsfeld, the former Secretary of Defense, who called about known unknowns and unknown unknowns. In terms of planning for retirement, there are a lot of unknowns, unknowns. But in terms of what the gaps are in particular, so I think Part of the challenge to employers is to tell people, and I'll get to this later, I think, I'd like to work it in later into the discussion, how they do retirement planning. But our research indicates people tend not to think about what they want to do in retirement. Retirement is such a great gift. Longevity, mortality increases have given us a period of time that can be 30 years or even more for us to hopefully be able to do what we want. And so many people don't think of what they want to do in retirement. They just think it's the absence of work and they don't prepare, do something which is self-actualizing, which really can be enjoyable, which can make retirement the best period of life. They don't think about that. And that's important because if you do think about what you want to do, there are certain costs. 
that sometimes go along with that. Wouldn't it be nice to have the money to do what you want to do? So they don't think about very often or very well often the target amount. How much do you want or need to accumulate by your target retirement date? They don't think about the best way to claim Social Security. If you wait from age 66 to age 70 to claim Social Security, you get 33% more money. That is indexed for inflation. Could make a huge difference. It's an important decision. People don't think it through. And there's a tendency for people to claim way too early. They often don't understand that as you get close to retirement, your investing needs change because now you have to worry about a loss right before retirement. You don't have, you have less time to wait it out. And finally, I think they don't think, when they do think about what their expenses will be in retirement, they tend to overlook those unpredictable expenses that are almost certain to occur. For example, major repairs to the home, a furnace, a roof. The roofer puts a roof on your house and said, this roof will last for 25 years. And guess what? 25 years later, you're looking at a $20,000 bill. Retirement for 30 years, that car is not going to last a 30-year period. Trust me on this one. They don't think about long-term care. They don't think about the family commitment. Sometimes kids will come to money. They don't think about dentistry or hearing aids or something like that. There's a lot of advice to workers. You need to have a three to six-month emergency fund. What about a 30-year retirement? That has to be considered. So I think there's a lot of gaps, a lot of things that workers don't do. And one of the problems is they don't know what the gaps are because they don't know what to do to plan. So Matt, I liked how you framed that. And as somebody who also, um, as the, the weather is starting to get hot and our first floor air conditioning blew this weekend, I, that your, your last comments just resonated with me. But you talk about you know, people not thinking about retirement and, and that it's more than just the absence of work. It's really about what you want to do and, and that you know, how, do you, how do you afford that? How do you save for that? And then how do you plan for these unforeseen expenses that will inevitably happen in retirement? So if we pivot over to your thoughts for retirement plan providers. What have you found that retirement plan providers can do to help people decide how much they should put in their plan each month? And just that reframing of the goal that that you uh, so eloquently outlined. It's really difficult for people to understand how much they should put away. And it's especially difficult when you're in your 20s or 30s and 40s, and the retirement period is so far away. But it is extremely important to be able to set aside enough to provide financial security for a long period of time. Plan participants have difficulty with this. And part of it is they don't understand the income to asset ratio. They don't understand how much assets are needed to support a certain level of income need for the rest of life. And it's not surprising because that is a very difficult calculation to make. I think it is very important and very possible for employers to help that And part of the way to get that done is to turn to the plan provider who focuses on these issues. It would be great to help people assess if they're on track or not. Just like it's useful for an organization to assess the level of of their employees or the number of employees who are retirement ready, give them that assessment. It's useful, I think, in the absence of the ability for many people to make a calculation, to give them some guidance on what proportion of, of your salary should you put aside when you're in your 20s and you're in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s. Now, I know it's really hard because the employer only has part of the picture. They don't know how much other money is accumulated. They don't know if there's a spouse that just inherited $5 million. But nevertheless, 
these guidelines just for the worker in terms of replacing his or her salary is important. And that guidance on general levels of deferral is useful. It's also useful to, to give people when they're around 50 or 55, I think it's the first time they can make an assessment of what their income need will be in retirement, give them the tools to do that. And that can help them refine with still plenty of time to make adjustments, a target amount. What they need, at least by age 55, is a target amount at a target age, and then they can do fine tuning. Part of this, I think, is to give advice on asset allocation, or at least have a target date fund that does that. Part of that is to use the automatics, which gives an important signal of how much people should accumulate. And by automatics, I say certainly auto-enrollment, but auto-escalation, get people up there. So they're putting a certain amount in their 20s and then 30s and 40s to tell them this is what it should be. And in the absence of their action, get them there. I also think it's useful to think about re-enrollment. You offer an automatic enrollment, people decline that, give them another chance. Some companies even re-enroll people into a target they fund and they can go back to whatever they want, but signal this is the right asset allocation. And then I think the final thing is to try to help people get to where they want to be. Just think through the match strategy. Are you offering the right match? Have you thought about a stretch match instead of giving matching up to 4%, match half of it up to 8% to say, hey, 8% is better. This is vitally important. Employers can do a good job, can help. And I think for plan sponsors, the question is, what can they put in place and often what are they asking their plan provider to help them do so? It's interesting. I, I like how you frame that because it, it is right. When you're talking about the word retirement to a 20-year-old, th- someone in their 30s, 40s, it really is so foreign. It's so far out there. But when you hit that age of 50, I'm sure once I turn 50, my mindset will change quite a bit too. For those of our listeners who can't see us right now, that I don't know if you could hear Heather rolling her eyes in that last comment. <laughs> when I did turn 50, it does come in. You start thinking differently and you do still have time to make those changements. So when you think about these pre-retirees, it's really important to make sure this is that moment to, to kind of do that self-check. Where am I? What do I need to do? What adjustments need to be made? And let's talk about the employer side of this. Like, What about employer support for those workers that are nearing retirement? Can you share more on maybe what your research has um, done, what you found out, and maybe learn about different types of programs that employers can provide to help these pre-retirees? And why is it so important for the employer-sponsored retirement plans to offer help to these employees then once they're in retirement? Okay. Well, 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 first of all, in terms of your last comment about people in their 20s, I think a key goal is don't fall too far behind. Yes, you fine-tune when you get to 50 or 55. But don't be in too big a hole. And I think that should be the basic goal. If you save for retirement for 40 years, it's easy to get there the last 10 years. In terms of what companies should do, I think Voya has a very impressive program. Now, you didn't ask me to do this, but I just have to mention anyway. I talked about Rumsfeld unknown unknowns. People don't know what to do to plan for retirement. And I think one thing that can be very valuable is give people a checklist. Checklists work. Pilots have checklists of all the things they have to do to make sure the plane doesn't fall down. They found in when delivering babies that a checklist for adopted delivering a baby has actually helped save lives. And I think a checklist of what you should do in it's a plan for retirement and when is vitally important. The checklist that tells you when, because it's one thing to, to calculate a target accumulation goal. 
at age 50. It's nothing to do with it at age 66, when you might not have time if you miscalculate. So I think a checklist, and I know that Boya offers that. Another thing is, I think, a retirement planning program. I know there are financial wellness programs, but part of that is what should people do and what type of support and tools should be offered in that last 10 years of work to get there? You know, webinars, calculators, other things like that. Thinking to put in place pre-retirement, retirement planning program, I think can be extremely valuable. And one of the things that will do for the employer, I think, is lead to workers who older workers who can contribute a lot, who are less stressed, who feel more in command, who feel more grateful to the employer for helping them, and who retire at the right time. We want older workers to work, and eventually a lot of companies want older workers to retire and, you know, and be financially able to retire. So I think the checklist in retire, a pre-retirement or a retirement planning program are two things that are vitally important for plan sponsors to offer. This has just been such a fantastic conversation. Your research is just really, really insightful. And, and I'm going to uh, wrap with a last question that might help our listeners. And I think you've touched on some of these things already, but it's really, you know, when it comes to taking some of the things we've learned today and then putting them into action, do you have some insights you can share that are, you know, in demand from participants today when it comes to retirement plans? And you talked about auto features, auto enroll, auto escalate. You also talked about matching programs, stretch match. You also talked about ESG investing. Is there anything else that you'd tell employers you're seeing that are in demand? And particularly as we, you know, we kind of think about going into 2022 and, and beyond for, for workers? A few things our research has found that I think would be very valuable. One thing, we, you know, it's an ill wind that blows nobody some good. And COVID sure was an ill wind. But we learned how to do virtual meetings like this one, for example, as an example. And I think, you know, in terms of providing guidance and counseling to plan participants, Yes, now we're at the stage where we can have more in-person meetings. They're very valuable. But let's get the right mix of virtual in terms of educating people and advising them that is in some ways more convenient, that is very good at providing information that um, you know, helps the night shift in certain companies, attend things that are offered during the day. So one thing I think is in demand is guidance that is more effective by using all the tools. Another one is, yeah, we have inflation. We have all kinds of stresses. Let's understand, let's provide advice on how much to contribute to the retirement plan in the context of all the other benefit programs the companies offer. People have to make decisions about life insurance, about certain types of health insurance. Let's be holistic and let's give them that guidance in a fuller way. I think that would be be useful. And I talked about ESG, but I also want to talk about something that's not necessarily in demand, but is extremely valuable to um employees and should be considered. And that is to help people who are unadvised, don't have a financial professional, and retire and face the very difficult task of making a set amount of money, whatever it is they have, last for an unpredictable number of years and facing unpredictable expenses. They need to do something. Some people call it decumulation. They need to spend, take money out to support their lifestyle. They have to know how much it is but also how it should be invested. So when the market goes down 16, 17%, they're not pulling from the wrong things. Design for retirement. Again, very difficult. 
Some people have advisors, some people don't. A company has to decide, is their goal to help their long-term employees be financially secure retirement or just accumulate a certain amount of money? If it's to help people be financially secure in retirement, I think a lot of, I think a lot of employees value, they will seek to put investment options in their plan the design for income that the employee can keep with them. Now, it might be a specially designed target date fund. It could be a managed account. It could be a payout mutual fund. It could be annuity. There's various choices. But if they do so, not only will their employees be more likely to be financially secure throughout retirement, they'll keep more assets in the plan, and they'll also help their employees get lower cost investments because they'll be paying institutional prices. So that's the last thing. I don't think that there's a lot of demand for it, but I think there'll be a lot of receptivity to it. I think it's something plan sponsors should certainly look into. Ben, thank you. That, that's a great way to end our program today to really get people thinking about holistic and then how we're helping with drawdown strat- strategies and income strategies into retirement. So I just want to say, Matt, again, huge thank you for, uh, for joining our program today. I really enjoyed this, this opportunity to talk to you about this. Thank you very much for including me. Matt, I also want to thank you. This is really, really great. And uh, so much great information right here. Great conversation. I think I can speak for everyone when I say that we hope to see you back soon. I'd also like to thank our listeners for joining us today. And as always, stay well. This information is provided by Voya for your education only. Neither Voya nor its representatives offer tax or legal advice. Any opinions expressed within do not necessarily reflect those of the Voya family of companies or its representatives and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Please consult your tax or legal advisor before making a tax-related investment or insurance decision.